This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. So how's it going? It's going okay. <laughs> well, being the <sighs> the um, absolute professional that I am, I mm-hmm. can't make anything work. So, you know, mm-hmm. par for the course. True. Well, and uh, like I told you when you first called, I moved you tonight. I know. It threw off my absolute, whole the, the absolute professional that I am, I'm watching the Emmys on uh, mute while we do this. <laughs> I fully expect that when it comes time for my notes that I want to get that non-committal. Uh-huh. Weird. Uh-huh. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I... I Right now they're showing Bachelor in Paradise, and I'm really confused. <laughs> That's actually the whole Emmy. <laughs> Bachelor has taken over to the extent that the only Emmy award that's going out tonight is Best Bachelor in Paradise, which goes to Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> so you it's going to be a very Bachelor- short award show. The Bachelor franchise has actually never been nominated for an Emmy, and it's a very, like, sticky point with the uh, creator of The Bachelor. Um, He gets very, like, uh, testy about it. I mean, I'm not trying to say anything, but I'm just saying there's, like, no amount of actual value that comes from The Bachelor. So no, it's I, literally, I watch it so that my can, I can turn my brain off and I just watch the pretty colors move around the screen. Right, exactly. <laughs> so even having never seen an episode, I can tell you that there's not a whole lot of artistic direction going on in The Bachelor. Even as a real, like even for the reality show Emmys, like right. on, when you're up against something like Queer Eye. Right. I mean, we're on. not worthy of Queer Eye. no. No, actually, I think uh, Jonathan Van Ness has surpassed Beyonce and is now the queen. Uh, obviously, I like this <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> yeah. So how was your weekend? Um, it was okay. I really had to think about that. Um, I had a concert yeah. yesterday. It was yeah. really fun. So like, I was, I was not looking forward to it just because, you know, like I've been going nonstop and I really wanted mm-hmm. this Saturday to do nothing. Um, but then I got there and it was so much fun. So it was all country music, which I'm a good old Texas boy. So I love me some country music. I got but you there. The, um, the orchestra did this thing where it was like an American Idol type competition. So leading up mm-hmm. to this, they had several rounds of auditions and narrowed it down mm-hmm. to nine performers. And so these nine winners got to sing with the symphony and cool. they got to sing these like really awesome country songs. So we did like Before He Cheats from Carrie Underwood. And uh-huh. there was a, a cute as a button little 12 year old girl who sang uh, When You Say Nothing At All. Um, and it was just a really good performance. So if I had to not have a day off, at least it was an enjoyable day. That's good. You know, I just realized something. What's that? A, nobody knows who we are. And two, we like went on vacation and came back. We did. So, um, this is Lifetime Sentence, and I'm your host, Ice-T. <laughs> and this is my co-host, Lisa Kudrow. Wow. So, you're in for a ride tonight. Wow. <laughs> hey, that was a lot. Right, listen, we're not Sarah Koenig tonight, so there's that. No. <laughs> 
Uh, maybe we're the ones having an identity crisis. <laughs> it's very possible. Um, so as for vacation, you and I were in the same room for a whole we weekend. We were. I know. It was so exciting. It was incredible. I've been trying to recapture that feeling all week long. It is not going well. No, uh-uh. And then we all had the most Monday of all Mondays. So, Oh, my Lord. Even me and I, I took off Monday. Bragger. Well, it was still it was still a Monday. <laughs> I know. It's like what the hell? I tried to bypass Monday and it just came and smacked me right in the face. It kicked your door down like the Kool Aid Man. It was like, oh, all right. Yeah. Um, aye, well, aye, aye. it looks like you had fun slash misery watching this movie last night from the live tweeting that I read. Oh my goodness. I, my this ha- movie was crazy. I had to turn my phone off at intermission because my watch was still vibrating nonstop even when I took it off <laughs> and put it in my pocket because people kept like commenting and retweeting and I'm like, man, Aaron is killing it tonight. Yes, I was. You don't have a do not disturb on your watch? I do. Well, so... I'm not familiar with my Samsung watch yet. I don't oh, like this. I'm smart, sorry. Or my I, only, fossil watch I, only, I only speak from way up here in my Apple watch. I know. I'm, know that's the thing kingdom. I miss. I don't miss having an iPhone. Like I like the Google Pixel a lot more, but I miss the Apple watch. Crazy. The Apple watch is pretty bonkers. All right. Yes, I did watch this movie. Yes, it was crazy. Wow, I never realized what a fucking asshole this guy is. Oh, I can't wait to tell you. I think Lifetime, they did a good job with this and they really, they caught just enough of the like fucked upness of it Uh to be appropriate for TV and then, you know, left some of the more... Uh, disturbing things uh-huh. to the imagination. Although there was a very disturbing scene that I needed to cleanse from. So we'll get there. Now, I'm sure you knew this, but I did not going into this, that the executive producer, um, she'd been on Dynasty, but that her daughter had been part of the cult. Yes. And I did not realize that, which made this whole thing even it more was, interesting to me. It was based on her memoir that she wrote. So you tell me it was a memoir. I didn't realize it was the executive producer's memoir. Mm-hmm. I thought they just yes, found yes, a yes. memoir. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, it's the executive producer, Catherine Oxenberg. Um, she Thank was you. on I Dynasty. Was, they they I, bring it up. Trust me. <laughs> I knew I was going to fuck up her name. And so I just thought I'd give her the highest title I could of executive producer mm-hmm. because I, I wasn't going to be like that woman, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, last night I watched the premiere of Escaping the Nexium Cult, A Mother's Fight to Save Her Daughter. It was originally called the Nexium Cult a mother's nightmare. So I don't know when they change that. I but like we'll, that title better. I do too. And it's easier for me to type. That may be the Canadian title. Notes. That may be the Canadian title because sometimes they have different ones. That's true. It starred Andrea Roth. She played Catherine Oxenberg. Um, she was in Dark Places. Okay. And Thirteen Reasons Why. Okay. Um, Jackson. I think her last name is Polish. I don't think it's Polish. Jackson, I think it's Polish. She played India Oxenberg. Um, She was in The Astronaut Farmer and um, a movie called Big Sur. Okay. Um, Sarah Fletcher, she played Allison Mack. Holy crap, did they nail this. She looks so much like her. It was so, she was so good. And she liked one of our tweets last night. Oh, pinkies up, we're (laughs) fancy. Uh Uh-huh. 
um, she's been in House of Darkness. She was on um, Days of Our Lives. And she basically has the best job ever because she's in a lot of movies about dogs. Oh, man. That's that's my dream job. If I was going to be an actress, I'd want to be in movies about dogs. Not dogs that die because they don't look like dogs that die. They look like, like kid movies like with dogs oh, in them. Like all the space buddies or like the... Yes. Do you, I would love to have been a kid in the Airbud franchise or the Beethoven <gasps> franchise. My sister was very into the Beethoven franchise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then we have Peter Fas- Fascinelli. He played Keith. Is it Raniere? I was going to ask you. I think it it's was... Raniere. I, okay. I, and they said his name a couple times last night. And then I just totally blanked when I read it. It just, I don't know. Um, he was in the Twilight trilogy. Okay. He played doctor or something or other. Um, he was in Nurse Jackie. Okay. But the thing that I know him from, because I'm a child of the 90s, he was in Can't Hardly Wait with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Ah, okay. He was the dumb football player, Mike Dexter. Oh, I know who he is. Yeah. That's the I last time I would. watched movies. I know the you 90s. love uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. So I, I do you would love know. me some Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> and I went to middle school so i had the biggest crush on this girl in middle school whose older sister looked just like jennifer love hewitt so i really also had a mega crush on her sister um (laughs) clearly clearly we were a match made in heaven because now i'm married to dr sarah so but (laughs) i was now having met dr sarah in real life right she's the best i know i want to marry dr i'm very lucky and I don't even feel that way about women most of the time. Um, I just want to marry her. Right. Love her. She's the best. <laughs> I will say that because now we're on my tangent, it's about me. Because that's why I have mm-hmm. a podcast to talk about myself. Yeah, totally. Um, the, this girl that I was in fourth grade love with, you uh-huh. know, um, she signed up for orchestra as her elective in middle school. So I did because I had this dream that we were going to meet our eyes were going to meet across the room and she was going to know we were meant to be the way I knew we were meant to be. So you thought you were growing up in a Hallmark movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, And then I sucked and we weren't in the same class. And it was the first time I'd ever been really bad at anything. So she dropped out of orchestra and I continued and got a whole degree in it. So I have her to thank indirectly. That's true. And actually I'm really surprised that you sucked because you're really good. Well, thank you. Heard you play. It's like, because I was so bad, I had to prove to everybody that that wasn't me and I had to do it better. And then I just kept having to prove. <laughs> yeah. You, you've played at that real fancy place. The, uh, McDonald's the, on 4th the Street. Marmony Hall. <laughs> I did play at Carnegie Hall twice. <laughs> and you're Toot playing there again this year. <laughs> I don't have it on my schedule. I'm just going for fun this year. Oh, I thought you were go- I thought you were going to play. So I've been invited back coming, like, not... This coming February. Um, okay. But because I'm, I knew you were going back. Well, I, like, I don't oh, know cool. that I'm going to play in that one, but I've been invited. So it must be nice to be able to turn down Carnegie Hall. <laughs> Listen, Jesus. It's all about who you know. <laughs> all right. Back wow. to this awful thing. All right. Well, first things first, I have to give some real props to Lifetime because they spent some actual cash on this movie. Well, um, clearly they spent it somewhere because they did not get a single actor that I've heard of except for mm-hmm. the guy, like the lead Peter guy. Fascinelli, yeah. yeah. Um, they show the real YouTube. They show real iMessages. Wow. And there's even a real song. It's not a song that I knew, but it's one that I could picture maybe being played on the radio someday. 
Okay. Okay, um, I'm down with this. Catherine Oxenberg herself opens the film saying it's her story of how she saved her family. Um, quote, everything looks so normal on the outside. No creepy compound. Instead, the houses were embedded into suburban neighborhoods and anyone could have fallen prey. To illustrate this, we zoom in on a normal looking house in a normal looking neighborhood, except we see through the flimsy curtains a bunch of naked people holding down another naked person who's screaming. Oh, so my typical Thursday night. It was our last Saturday at our meetup. That's what we did. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> Listen, I wasn't going to give away all of our secrets. Um, we cut to Catherine on the phone. She's working. I don't know. Hollywood scripts, whatever. Um, <laughs> in the kitchen, India is baking cranberry crumbles and they looked so good. I was like, I would like to reach to the TV and get me one of those, please. That sounds so good. Mm-hmm. I, don't even I like made cupcakes today and they're just cooling on my counter right now. Okay. It's now like on Friday when I made mac and cheese and it was just cooling next to me while we recorded. So I was about to say, I guess this is payback for every time I eat while we're recording and make you watch it. Uh-huh. It's really, I have a problem. Um, <laughs> um, da, da, da. India is a baker. She has or had a cafe, but it didn't take off. So she's feeling kind of low. Her sisters walk in and they're FaceTiming grandma, who is a princess. It doesn't really come up, but I just want to say it. She's a princess. Um, <laughs> the younger girls leave with their dad. India and Catherine talk about how India feels like she doesn't have any direction. Catherine says it's all trial and error. She'll figure it out. And then they eat ice cream. So, you know, all good. Typical mom stuff. Okay. Yeah. The next day, Catherine goes to yoga and her instructor tells her about this ESP class he's going to. He says it's Nexium, And she says, hmm, Nexium. I've never heard of it. And I was like, oh, the irony. Um, Which, I mean, who hasn't heard? Like, every time I hear it, I think of, like, the antacid. Yes, me so, too. Like, so don't lie say you've never heard of it. Say, I don't get it. <laughs> how, how pissed do you think they are that they stole that? Right. Um, Catherine and... Vi- invites India to go to the class with her. So they go to the cult pitch, which is exactly what that is. They don't even really try to hide the fact that it's a cult. Oh no. You get five like whole that. classes on enlightenment and happiness for the low, low price of $2,400. Holy f- You and I are in the wrong business. We should start a cult. Like literally this could have only taken place in California. Right. Where people say things like, I just need to get back in my body. Mm-hmm. The yoga teacher's like, peace, I'm out. Like, I can't do this. But India wants to do it, so she and Catherine sign up. So Catherine and India go to this class where they meet the prefect, i.e. the co-founder, who deserves respect. So the other people clasp their hands in her direction when she walks by. I'm going to start requiring that everyone do that when I enter a room. (laughs) And if they don't do it right, I will yell at them and then leave the room and then come back. Please teach your kids to do this and then film it into the TV. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Once again, I don't see how anyone is trying to cover up the fact that this is a cult. They're basically, like, they basically have a sign outside that's like, cult meeting here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The prefect talks about Vanguard, a.k.a. Keith Raniere, a.k.a. the world's largest dumbass. 
pro tip when lying about your IQ, make it high. Don't make it higher than Albert Einstein's. Oh no. He said his IQ was 240. No, it's not. Yes, I know that. <laughs> I was just letting you know in case you I'm were aware. I'm aware. Um, they fill out questionnaires that are very invasive for a quote unquote business seminar, but that's none of my business. Um, then they separate India and Catherine so that India can have a quote, more honest experience. Um, hard pass. Listen, I, I left my oven on. I just remembered I have to be literally anywhere but here. Yeah. All the grandmas died. I got to go. <laughs> the prefect tells him that the mo the vanguard's most important teaching is quote there are no ultimate victims therefore i will not choose to be a victim and that one's gonna come back and bite him in the ass later oh no they immediately make everyone promise to recruit other people so i was like oh it's an mlm yep which is even worse yep <laughs> While also making them promise not to talk about the cult. Side note, did you ever listen to the um, wine and crime about cults? Yeah. I, you know, um, they talk about how MLMs technically fall under the definition of cults. They do. Mm -hmm. So I always find that interesting, like an interesting You tidbit. should listen to the Dream podcast. It's all about MLMs. It's really good. Oh, yeah. You keep telling me about that. Mm -hmm. I'm writing it down right now. It's really, really good. Um... So they make everyone promise to recruit while making them promise not to talk about it. So it's like fight club kind of. Um, Catherine raises her hand and is like, um, what? <laughs> and Nancy, the prefect, says that they already signed an NDA in their paperwork. So she really can't talk about it to other people. So heads up, everybody. And I just naturally do this because I like to find the like holes in legalese. But if you sign your name to anything, please read it. Yes, please, please do. That's what I wrote that literally right here. Please read anything that people give you to sign. Uh, <laughs> we are of one mind. Oh goodness. Um. So now they talk about success by doing things like copying people's body language and not slandering by prefacing everything you say with the words in my opinion. Oh, perfect. That's like how we say allegedly to make sure we don't get sued. Allegedly. Uh, Catherine falls asleep and I'm like, oh, same girl, same. Um, but Nancy, the prefect, tells her she has defiance issues. You know, I wish that you would find a way to express to us how you feel about the honorific of prefect in this circumstance. You just haven't conveyed it at all. Oh, just wait. <laughs> when they go home, Catherine asks India who this Keith Vanguard guy is anyway, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um, she doesn't like the class, but India wants to keep going, so they do. Back at class, they're doing auditing like in Scientology, but in this cult, they call it EMs, short for Exploration of Meanings. Mm, not a fan. They use this to unhook emotional charges around memories. I mean, if if you could actually do that, I'm down because for sure real, that's called therapy, right? That's what I was about to say. Is like, yeah, or you know, wine and friendship, but 
they make Catherine tell a horrible story about family violence and also about a sexual assault she experienced as a child. And at this point, I was like, well, I'm going to need another week of vacation. So um, Catherine and India go to Albany for another class on female empowerment and to finally meet Vanguard himself, because you know who knows the most about empowering women? A man. A man. <laughs> I, as a man, I could have told you that, Aaron. What is wrong with you? And here's where I fell off my couch laughing because the hallway of the meeting center just has portraits of Keith, like all up and down the hallway of him, like at every age. <laughs> um, it's funny. I'm going to have to give a video tour of my house now because not only is my house just covered in portraits of me, they're also self portraits. I've painted <laughs> myself at different ages. Oh, good. I'm also not very good at painting people. So it looks more like abstract art, but that's how I see myself on the inside. Good, good, good for you. Okay. <laughs> Look, it's Allison Mack from Smallville. Oh my God. I love her. I did she's, used to love Smallville. She's drunk the proverbial flavor aid. She tells everyone to raise their hands in the air. Higher. As high as you can. So they all do. But then Allison points out that nobody is wearing deodorant. Up. No. Oh. Nobody's <laughs> Nobody stood up. Oh. And I was like, ooh, life lessons. All of a sudden, they're creating like a cheerleader pyramid to get their arms yeah. as high as possible. Look, listen, this reminds me of a team building thing we did at my job, except we did it with Legos to see like who could build their tower the highest. And let me tell you, every single one of us would have been up on top of tables and chairs, etc. because we don't know how to follow directions. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel pretty safe from being taken in by a cult. Well, so. there you go. Um, Allison takes India for a walk later and they talk about how she's a long way from Hollywood. And I was like, <clears throat> I think you mean Canada. Cause I'm pretty sure that's where they film Smallville. Um, <laughs> Allison says she had it all. The job, the house, the dog, the boyfriends, the cars, everything <laughs> she thought she needed, but she just felt completely inauthentic. I can't finish this. Dinner. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Have you ever just sat and you dreamed of what the perfect life would be like? And you see your mansion and your seven cars and your hot husband and that Labradoodle that's really going to tie the whole thing together. <laughs> oh, mine's a French bulldog, but yes. I love French bulldogs. They're Me so too. cute. They're so cute. <laughs> I don't care that they shouldn't exist. They're adorable. They are. Um... Then she met Keith and she did the work and she thought she, wait, hold on. And her life completely changed. It was just astounding. And don't you want to be enlightened too, India? No, I'd rather have the dog. So they hug and Allison says, all she has to do is trust her. They go to a men's volleyball game, which sounds like, actual hell unless it's the one from top gun in which case sign me up for that you know what's really funny i was just writing a blog post on my blog selfpromotionpluckyreader.com um about a book but it was reminiscent of top gun so i just spent 25 minutes writing about top gun so it's funny that you <laughs> would make this reference Look, today we really are of one mind we really are top gun is one of my favorite movies of all time i love top gun me too it's one of the six i've seen I will literally, if it's on TV, I will stop and watch it. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's so on, good. do you have the Paramount, Paramount channel? 
Oh, yeah. It's playing a lot in the next week on Paramount. Paramount. I can't speak it. I can't wait till the new one comes out. I know it's probably going to be terrible, but I still can't wait. I'm very excited. (laughs) Um, Catherine meets Jennifer in the stands and they point out the Vanguard who's playing. And wouldn't you know it, he's the best damn volleyball player anybody's ever seen. He's also cheating, but that's neither here nor there. Hey, did you know that they changed the rules of volleyball since we were young? No. Whenever I was young, I learned that you could only score a point if you were the team that served the ball. And that's no longer the case. I don't even know enough about volleyball to know if that's different. Oh, so now whoever, like, whoever hit it last, if it goes, like, if it hits the ground, then you get the point. Regardless like of any if you other, served it or not. Like any other sport? Yeah. Okay. But they didn't text me that they changed the rules, so I'm sorry. I, feel, I don't. I don't sports ball very well. I feel personally victimized by volleyball because I can do football and basketball. I don't any other sports ball. Well, oh, that, I can do tennis too because I'm bougie. Well, now I know that that's why I didn't make the Olympic men's volleyball team. That's the only reason was because I didn't know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Okay. So Vanguard makes the winning thing and everyone yells, Vanguard, Vanguard, Vanguard. (laughs) Okay, but I kind of want to be in this cult if like everyone's that happy about a volleyball game. (laughs) Look, this guy loves himself so much. Like Kanye loves Kanye and Texans love Texas. Um, Catherine is not impressed, but I guess it's hard to be impressive when you're wearing a sweatband and knee pads. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that is royalty wear there. He walks to the sidelines where Allison, India, and some other girl who his name is Lauren, I'll try to remember that, um, is. He kisses Allison and the other girl on the mouth. Which, okay, like, I guess that's not so weird that you would, like, call the police. But it's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> um... So Keith tells India that he's a big fan of her mother's and we get it. Everyone loves Dynasty. Um, But also, have you seen her mom? She's gorgeous. Yeah, she is. Um, And we finally come to the empowering part of this female empowerment seminar. And I will try to explain this without screaming and running away. Yay. Nancy slash prefect and Allison explain that men don't experience intimacy. It's just like the difference between sticking your finger in someone else's mouth. I'm sorry. And someone sticking their finger in your mouth. I just caught a glimpse of the face that I made as you started to tell this. And I'm so sorry that you had to see it. But oh I really God. thought I was going to vomit. Like, <laughs> I have been doing it wrong my entire life. So, Okay. One of those things is clearly more intimate than the other, and that's what sex is like for men. Putting your finger in someone else's mouth? (laughs) I'm doing it way wrong. (laughs) I have broken sex, guys. I apparently... Oh, God. Um, um, Did you also know that men are more loyal than women? Because uh, when a when a man cheats on his wife, he usually goes back to her, 
while when women cheat on their husbands, they usually leave them. Oh, yes. That actually does say loyalty and not douchey and abusive. You're right. Thank you for redefining. Thanks. I don't think they know what loyalty means. Um, These hoes ain't loyal. I don't know why I felt like that was necessary right now. Catherine calls bullshit. And here comes Keith to explain that he does women a great favor by seeking out their flaws and weaknesses so they can learn. And I promised I wouldn't scream, but this guy can fuck right off. Okay, you know that he owns one of those shirts that looks like a present that's got a gift tag on it that says two women from God. You know he's got one of those. I'm sure he does. Um, Catherine gets up in the middle of the night later to get some water and finds Jennifer lying on the floor. Catherine asks what she's doing, and she says she's doing penance for defying her husband. But really, this was her choice for personal growth. She thought of this penance all on her own. There's nothing to see here. You can just move along with your evening. So Catherine Don't runs you ever upstairs. Just wake up and fall prostrate on the ground because you have to pay penance on your own. No, um, I don't pay penance for anything. Um, <laughs> I'm the Duchess. Bow down. Um, Catherine wakes up India and she's like, "We got to get out of here." <laughs> um, Listen, all India, the grandmas died again. We got to go. Yeah, we got to go. Um, but India says, no, she doesn't want to leave. And Catherine says, I don't want to leave you here alone. But India's like, no, I'm totally fine. I'm surrounded by level-headed individuals who would definitely not lead me down a dangerous path in life. Right, right. I mean, I totally get it. I've known these people for three minutes, Mom. Uh-huh. So Catherine goes home. Um, the next morning, Allison is doing a live YouTube video talking about how happy and normal she is. Hashtag India relatable. Yeah. India comes downstairs and she flips the computer around and is like, meet my new roomie. Yeah. After she's done with YouTube, she tells India that she's starting a new diet. 800 calories a day. Oh, no. Mm-mm. She's been reading up on the health benefits of calorie reduction. Supposedly, it increases your energy increases your mental clarity and increases your sex drive i don't think you know how eating works funnily enough anorexia actually does the exact opposite of all those all things. those things mm-hmm. um allison says men like it when you're thin so so well she says men like it when you're so thin they could break you in half you know um keith specifically likes that when Allison gets too heavy, it hurts his energy field. Uh, if you're too weak to fuck her, then just give up. That's what he's <laughs> saying. Mm, yeah. Her goal weight is 106, which I mean, same. But I also have disordered eating in my past, so definitely don't listen to my ideas about weight. Meanwhile, one of my legs weighs 106 pounds, and I think the world is, like, lucky to get to look at me every day. So, um, I'm unhealthy on the other side. I have major body dysmorphia. <laughs> I can tell you a story about Fashion Week this week, but I will not, because people will come after me. Um, Allison and India go on a jog, and they run 
buy a property Keith is buying. They're going to make it into a cafe and let India run it. So all her dreams are coming true, except the dream where she has bodily autonomy and can eat food. Yeah, I mean, that's an overrated dream anyway, especially when you can live in a cult, Aaron. Have you ever thought about it? Picture living in a cult right now. Picture it. Nexium 2005. No. (laughs) Grandma's come to town. The princess. She's here. Um, And Catherine finally tells her kind of how crazy all this Nexium shit that India's into is. They throw India a birthday party. And after she blows out the candles, she tells everyone that her wish is that they all join Nexium so they can be as happy as she is. And she tells them for a paltry $2,000, they can come with her to V-Week, which is the week they spend celebrating Keith's birthday. Oh, thank God, because I just have $2,000 in this very large pocket of mine. (laughs) First of all, my birthday lasts a month. I know. So step up your game. It infringes on mine. Yes. That's why I have an issue. I need you to wait until March 3rd to start celebrating and go to April 3rd. Oh, yeah, I can give you that. Okay. Okay. Second of all, I don't charge people to hang out with me, so I'm already nicer and a more fun cult leader than Keith. So, right. People people just pay us of their own accord. Mm-hmm. Her friends confront her and tell her to please get out of the cult, but she's like, no, I'm happy. Leave me alone. Um, Catherine tells India that she wants to take her anywhere in the world she wants to go on vacation. Uh, I want to go to Nexium. And India turns her down. No. Because her privilege is showing and she she's decided to enroll in Nexium University. Okay, like, I really still wish that they'd found a new name because it just sounds like she had a whole lot of jalapeno poppers and she's going to need antacids for a whole weekend. I waited until you were drinking. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I almost spit that everywhere okay when i have heartburn henceforth i'm going to tell you that i'm enrolled in nexium university <laughs> with a minor in pepsid ac yeah so she wants to become a full-time coach and it's only fifty thousand dollars a year oh only yeah this is somebody wrote on twitter and i wish i'd written down who it was they wrote what in the l ron hubbard bullshit is this? <laughs> Whoever you are, we love you. Yes, please. You're awesome. Um, Oh, also, what was it? I'll look it up. Never mind. (laughs) I'm glad I could help. So anyways, Catherine gasps about the price. And India says she has access to her inheritance now. So she'll pay for it herself. Which is not exactly what paying for it yourself means. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the first season of Friends when Rachel buys the, I don't need a job. I don't know my parents because I have new boots boots. And it's her daddy's (laughs) credit card. Like, Well, maybe I don't need your money. Wait, I said maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, her dad shrugs and says that she seems enthusiastic, so there's probably nothing to be worried about. But dad is very wrong, and he will figure it out soon enough. Um... So we go to V-Week, where Keith is singing the following song. And I just want to be clear, this is not the song I said I thought could be on the radio. Okay. This song is terrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, when you wake up in the morning, you hear the ding-dong ring. <laughs> um. You go marching to the kitchen, 
Oh, shoot. I lost it. Oh, you go uh, marching to the table. See the same damn thing. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. Let the midnight special shine her ever loving light on me. Okay. Why did he take my morning affirmation? That's what I say in the mirror every day. <laughs> I'm suing everybody for copyright. You say, you say, you hear the, the ding dong the ring. Ding-dong? Oh, I just stand in front of the mirror and I do a helicopter, just completely naked. And sometimes it rings until I know it's going to be a good day. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. I sure did just gyrate my hips while I said that. Just so, <laughs> just so nobody could see. Wow. Okay. Um, Keith and India go for a walk and she says every or he says every time it rains, raindrops fall on others, but not on him, which seems legit. Yeah, he's the opposite of Eeyore. Um, he tells India that she speaks to him as the chosen one, but he also thinks of her as the chosen one. He offers to be her mentor because he knows she's ready to be, quote, sculpted and molded into greatness. Um, no. And we're back with the misogyny because he says, quote, women aren't as aware of their surroundings as men. There are more oblivious to certain things than men are. Oh, that's true. Because you put on uh, eyeshadow and it makes your lids a little heavy. So you can't see as many things as I can at one time. He then tells her to be obedient, never to complain and never to limit herself to anything that has to do with her female nature, like her period. No. I'm canceling this movie. Then he kisses her because nothing gets you in the mood like talking about that, right? Wow. Oh my God. This is a nightmare. Please tell me we're in the last 10 minutes. No. (laughs) Oh my God, no. I I had a lot. I have a lot of notes, by the way. Sorry. So do I. This was a deep dive week for me. So I'll have to. It's fine. We're going to have a long episode. You're welcome. We had a really short (laughs) one the past couple weeks, so. Yeah. Um. So she pulls away and he says it will never happen again unless she wants it to. Uh, that's like in high school when you ask a girl out and then you're like, haha, just kidding. Unless you want to. I mean, I could be down for that. Like you're just trying to cover up your own tracks now. Bonnie sees her from the distance and is like, uh oh. So she's gathering firewood when they get back and Bonnie asks India what's going on with her. And Wait, who is Bonnie? This- I've lost track. She's one of the ladies that's in the cult. Okay. She has a more prominent role coming up. That's why I've used her. Name. Okay. Um, so she asks what's going on with her. And, and India says, Keith is starting a new project. He might want her to be a part of, but it's a secret. Um, at home, India's little sisters are watching old videos of Keith. And honestly, how did he start a full blown cult with that long stringy ass hair? I wouldn't follow him to McDonald's. Um, Her sister says, I think she's in the cult. (laughs) As Catherine is telling grandma that she's gotten India into this mess and she's going to get her out of it. India is making her bed and Allison comes to talk to her because they're going to start a new sorority. And here's where my head exploded. Um. I saw your tweet that said, I don't think that's how sororities work. So I, w- oh, I cannot say that word tonight. So sororities. Okay. So it's I'm kind of like a, about it. Se- she says it's kind of like a secret society. And this is 
where the sorority girl and me went completely apeshit because this is not how sororities work. Um, they call it DOS, which stands for dumb or stupid suggestions. <laughs> I, I know what it or, actually means. Or it stands for Lord Master of our Obedient Female Companions in Latin. Um, are you going to say it right now? Oh, yeah. I, you look no, like you you're going to. Well, I was just yeah. pulling it up to make sure it was in my notes. Um, okay. You looked like you were going to. So I was like, I'll just wait. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'll bring it up in my notes because okay. I don't remember where um, in my notes it is. This takes them to a whole new level. And she's like, you'll finally have someone to tell all your deep, dark secrets to. And why does everyone think they need to tell someone their darkest secrets? Keep them to yourself. That's how secrets stay secret. That's about what I, that's what I was about to say. They're no longer the darkest secret if you share them with a friend. Seriously. Anyways, India swears that she'll never, ever tell another soul. And Allison says if she betrays them, there are real consequences. And India promises, so later that night, it's initiation time, except this is not how sorority initiations work. Over at Bonnie's house, she's pacing and thinking about whether she wants to blow the whistle here. Her husband is ignoring her reading the book. I don't know what book it was, but I paused to take a brief look, and it had some terrible biological inconsistencies, so I'm going to assume that it's cult literature. Um being the empowered but woefully stupid woman that she is, according to Keith, Bonnie calls Catherine and tells her about the secret society initiation as it's happening to India. Um, so India's in a robe and Allison asks if she's ready for her transformation. India says, yes, master. Yeah, um, no, hard so they, they drop the robe and go downstairs. They lay India down and then hold her down. Allison strokes her face and then repeats the stupid secret society name, except now she says it stands for dominant over submissive. Mm, nope. India says, quote, master, please brand me. It would be an honor I won't want to wear for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put in here. This is not how power exchange works in a normal, healthy relationship. Just FYI. And yes, I speak from experience. So. Um, yes, the other naked woman, women, a thankfully dressed doctor and a conveniently not naked Allison hold India down and fucking brand her while she screams. Then afterwards, she says, thank you. No, I'm not a fan of any of this. Bonnie tells Catherine that the women in DOS have to give up incriminating collateral all their money they're being starved and brainwashed they're sex slaves and they're branded so bonnie gives her the business card of a deprogrammer that she's been talking to Catherine goes to um talk to the deprogrammer who gives her a little bit of advice but really can't do anything right now you know right um we see india's dad talking to Catherine, finally having a conniption fit about the fact that his daughter has given every penny she has to a cult he says, quote, who does this kind of shit? Yeah, I, they said I, that on I, TV. I, I was really? like, well, look at you. Um, Catherine resists the urge to say, I told you so, which I probably could not do. So good for her. Um, and so she plunges herself into learning everything she can about cults as well as Keith. 
she calls the FBI and they're like, ooh, sorry, we can't help you unless we know a crime is actively being committed. Do you actually happen to have any of these uh, illegal activities on video? Oh, yeah. Let me just turn that over real quick. Yeah. So Catherine's like, fuck this. I'll do it myself then. Um, and she does. She calls in a lawyer friend who used to work for Nexium. They meet and he's like, tell me about Joan Collins. And Catherine's like, yes, I was on Dynasty. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her that he worked for them until he realized what a scam it was. And when he quit, they threatened hundreds of lawsuits. And with all that liquor money behind them, because they're basically bankrolled by the Seagram's um, daughters. Right. Um, um, he can back it up with hundreds of lawsuits. Um, he says all the weird sex stuff is just known, but nobody does anything about it. And hmm, tell me again how we ended up with a sexual predator in the White House. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. My brain's going to explode. Um, Keith has between 15 and 20 sexual partners at a time. Which, like, do what you want. Sleep with whoever you want. But this doesn't sound like 100% consensual. So right. I do not support it. Um, India comes home and hears Keith. And someone having sex. And I think I was supposed to know who it was because of the glasses they zoomed in on. But I have no idea. Um, Did you spend the next, like, hour Scooby-Dooing to try to figure out whose glasses they were? No. Oh, I so would have. But I fixate. Um, That's part of my ADHD. Catherine goes to talk to a psychology professor who posted reports of former members. Like, psychology reports. She says she's been thinking about going to the press, but she's afraid to expose India like that. The professor tells her to be extra careful and be able to match Keith at every turn because he's a dangerous man. She tries to text India again, and when she doesn't answer, she calls the New York Times. That's my... See, okay. Like, I'm so glad that she had that power. <laughs> yes. But if you or I had a child and this happened to that... I mean, you do have a child, but... If if either one of our children hypothetically got into a situation like this, if we called the times, they'd be like, "Yeah, listen, we're real, we're real busy. Um, you know, just everyone's typing on keyboards right now. Got to go." You know, somebody tweeted last night. I was going to do this at the end, but I will probably forget. But um, somebody tweeted that it took this woman like however long to dismantle this cult, and it took them how long to to or the r kelly thing is still going on right because those women are um i don't want to say like oh, i don't know what i'm trying to say because they're not as privileged as the as the people in the in nexium what you're trying to say is because um innate classism still exists in america thank you thank you that's what you're trying to say because I was going to say the word class, and I was like, but that's not what I mean, but yes. <laughs> it does. Like, class has a different yeah. meaning in America, but it is yeah. it is classism. It is. It, and it's terrible, but it's true. Like, I, and it makes me so sad. Um, so now, Allison and Keith are dancing very badly to this song that does actually sound like it could be on the radio. And I looked it up. It's called The Devil Inside by Dark Country 5, so... All right. Just in case you need some listening. Everyone, uh, that's our new bop for the summer. Mm 
Mm-hmm. We've got two weeks left of it. You better bop a- a- away. <laughs> um, they try to get India to join in their weird dancing, but she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. So she walks away. Um, Keith turns to Allison and says, quote, I was thinking in order for India to complete an assignment, I think she should take off all of her clothes and pose for me in the most revealing way and my camera. Um, is it that how you get people to complete assignments too? Well, you, A, I'm not a teacher, so well, that would be your field. Well, no, I mean like at work, whenever you need people to just get things done, you're like, listen. I no, gave, I just do it myself. I gave you paperwork two weeks ago, so now I need to take a picture of your dick. Thanks. No, you I just never, do it myself because that? that's the only way things get done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then he kisses her, and in our edit of the week, he slow mo walks out of the room and down the hallway and up the stairs, while the song lyrics play behind him. You've got the devil inside you. You'll set the church on fire. That's a good lyric. Mm-hmm. It's a, it was it was actually a decent song. I really did not hate it. So, um, India comes back and Allison tells her Keith has a special request just for her. Um, Catherine buys a copy of the New York Times and they made the front page kind of. They're below the below the fold. The fold. But, mm-hmm. So. Another member has come out, um, Sarah, and even let the paper take a photo of her brand. Over at cult headquarters, Keith essentially says, all press is good press, while all of the women worry about what to do. Is that um, Edmondson? Is that the, is that Sarah? Hmm? Was Is Edmondson Sarah's last name? I don't know. I have no idea. Yes. Sarah Edmondson was influential in unfolding the Nexium yes. cult. So I had to look it up. She's got a memoir also of her experience oh, there. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I'm it's called have to Scarred, check out some books and I think it comes out this week or last week. It's very new. Nice. Very nice. The Seagram's girls bring up India as a possible problem because of Catherine, but Allison says she has it under control. Catherine goes to see Sarah, the cult defector. And uh, Sarah cries about how horrible everything was, how they're definitely going to come after her. She talks about how special they made her feel and how she didn't realize how crazy it all was until it was too late. Um, Sarah tells Catherine that it wasn't until she realized that the brand was not a special symbol or anything. It's Keith's initials that she realized like she was in a cult. Yep. Um, And because I will likely forget to say this later, um, some of the women also have Allison's uh, initials branded on them. Gross. Yeah, disgusting. Allison's a real jack wagon. Um, I've never heard this term before, but I co-sign on it. Catherine goes to her car and just like sobs while hitting the steering wheel and screaming. And wow, have I been there before? Um, I was kind of expecting someone to like pop up in her back seat, but there wasn't. Um, Catherine picks up the other girls from school. One got asked to go to the dance and one got an A on the test. So they both had a good day and her phone rings. It's the FBI agent. And he's like, Hey, so I know this movie started like an hour and a half ago and the Colts been around for 20 years, but the good news is we've decided to get off our ass and do something. So you no longer have to work on this by yourself. Yeah. Listen, um, we were watching all of how I met your mother and we finally just got to the end and now we're free. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wonder if they're as pissed off as, about the finale as I was at the time. Well, that's why they're finally springing into action. They've got all that energy from the anger. They're, they're rage ending a cult now. Okay. Like, you know what? I'm on board for rage ending cults. <laughs> um, Catherine says thank you and tells the girls that they're getting India back because mom has a plan. Um, India's at work and grandma calls begging her to come home for a couple of days for her birthday. India actually agrees and she comes home. Catherine's driving her home from the airport, but she's texting Allison about like culty business, I guess, you know, businesses don't stop running just because she's on vacation. Right. Um, (laughs) This is, I just hate this all. At home, the entire family is waiting with a couple of friends and the deprogrammer for an intervention. But mom goes rogue and confronts her in the car. No. And I was like, ooh, so close. Like, <laughs> um, India tells mom that the branding was a good experience for her. Um, Branding is a good experience when you're an influencer and you finally built enough that you get your first, like, brand deal. Yeah. That's when branding is good. Speaking of branding, if anybody wants to, like, Sponsor us from, like, I don't know, a therapy place. I could use it. Right. <laughs> um, oh, she also doesn't believe in brainwashing. Oh, wait, who doesn't? India. Oh, she doesn't believe in it. Of course she doesn't. It reminds me of that Criminal Minds episode. It's from one of the earlier seasons where Penelope tells um, uh-huh. I know Shamar Moore, I don't believe in guns. And he's like, well, they're real here. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um. So mom gives her the card of the deprogrammer and India storms inside and says she's taking the first plane back to her cult. But, but, oh, sorry. She says, we're not a cult. We're a family. And then she slams the door. Um, hey, listen, you and I both have very interesting family situations sometimes. Good Lord. You're telling me. Have, <laughs> has, has anyone ever branded you and your family? I mean... Physically, not no. emotionally. No, okay. <laughs> uh, that's a complicated question to answer, but no, not physically. Yeah, no, same here. So either we're doing families wrong or they're doing families wrong. Although I do have several books full of information about myself that was very disturbing, kind of like a brand. <laughs> um, Yikes. Yeah. So Catherine goes on a media tour about how awful Nexium is. And then she has the best line in the whole movie. She says, quote, extortion is not consent. Coercion is not consent. And let's say it louder for the people in the back that don't understand that fucking thing. Right. Catherine says that she's in the fight of her life, but never underestimate the power of a month of a mother's love. India's watching this interview but Allison storms in and turns off the TV. She says they need more collateral. She needs Catherine's deepest, darkest secret. But India says she doesn't know anything. Um, and she doesn't know why she needs to do more um, collateral. Nancy slash prefect. Well, and additionally, uh, like, let's talk about what collateral means. You can't actually use your mom's stuff for collateral. Like, you need a new word if you want to mean we're blackmailing your mother. Let's just say blackmail. Yes, like, yes, let's just definitely say blackmail. So, oh, Lena Headley looks fantastic. Wow. Okay, sorry. Um, 
Nancy slash prefect slams a people magazine down on Keith's desk and tells him that the situation is actually severe. So maybe he should act like it. He laughs and says they'll sue Catherine. And this quote princess is not going to destroy everything. He, Oh wait, sorry. We built Nancy. Um, God, I, I almost hate that this guy in real life was just arrested and sentenced and not like beat within an inch of his life as he should have been. Um, Nancy slash prefect actually seems to grasp how much trouble they're in. But Keith is like, this is fine. It's totally fine. It will make us stronger. And this is where Catherine wins my never ending love. Seriously, I want to meet this woman. She's incredible. Catherine, we know you're listening. Call us. <laughs> right. Um, she marches into the FBI's office with files upon files of information about Nexium and is like, here, I, I did, did your, your work for you. you. <laughs> now do the thing with the jingly bracelets and the special house with the bars in the front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, literally, she's like, here, if all the information you need, like, go arrest this person. Um, Keith, Allison, and his other girlfriend, Lauren, are going on the run. Allison tells India that once they're settled, she can come too. So they go to Mexico. And oh my God, this runaway trip is exactly what I picture happened. So it's Allison and Lauren, they're worrying over the bags and their plans and like whether the cops are going to show up. And this smug motherfucker just like gets out of the car and strolls onto a private plane. And then when they get to Mexico, he like uh, strolls off the plane into the house and is like, mm, what's for dinner? Like, God. he's the worst. Um, meanwhile, Nancy slash prefect is doing her very best Enron impression, shredding everything she can get her hands on. <laughs> But she's arrested. So um, Allison texts India to, to fly to Mexico. In Mexico, suddenly, the federales are there. Keith tries to make a run for it, but he's not very fast. So <laughs> um, he goes upstairs. So the federales bust in and Lauren yells at them, where's your warrant? Like they're in the fucking Hamptons. <laughs> <laughs> It's clear that Lauren did not listen to our episode that involved no. the Federale. No. They run upstairs and find Keith in a closet. The Federale opens the closet and says to Keith, raise your hands up. Higher. As high as they can go. Higher. <laughs> oh, yes. Which was great. Um, and they arrest him. In case I forget this detail in my notes, um, Lauren was real pissed that they interrupted and ruined the group sex session they had planned. Like, that's what she was most upset about. I hate it when my group sex gets interrupted. <laughs> By the federale. It, it throws my whole day off. <laughs> Puts me in a terrible mood. Um. Oh, God. I just love... Where's your war? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so they arrest him. Allison and uh, Lauren stand in the driveway screaming... India leaves the cafe, but is stopped by the FBI. He's like, it's FBI agent. He's like, um, India Oxenberg. And she just turns around and says, am I in trouble? <laughs> and then the one thing that I hate about these ripped from the headlines movies happens. And don't get me wrong. I love these fucking movies. They're awesome. Uh -huh. um, it ends very abruptly. 
We see a little bit of them making perp walks into court, etc. But we really just cut to the end, which has snippets of everyone's statements from their plea deals, which is a lot of, but we didn't mean it. So I'm not going to go into that. Um, quote, Allison Mack avoided trial by pleading guilty to racketeering and conspiracy charges. Nancy Saltzman pleaded guilty to racketeering conspiracy. She admitted to hacking into emails of Nexium's perceived enemies and destroying evidence that could be used against them. Claire Bronfman tweeted, tweeted, pleaded guilty. <laughs> she won't even talk to the cops. She's just like, at the police, guilty. I'm guilty. Um, she pleaded guilty to conspiracy to conceal an undocumented Im- immigrant for financial gain. And I want to hear more about that because that sounds interesting. Lauren Saltzman pleaded guilty to charges of racketeering conspiracy and admitted she kept a woman as a slave. Then we focus on good old Keith. And hey, what cell. was Lauren's last name? Saltzman. Okay. She was Nancy's daughter. Okay. Um, in his orange prison jammies, he screams into the cell camera, I choose not to be a victim, which is more believable when you scream it really loud. Right, right. Um, quote, Keith Ranieri was convicted on all counts against him, including sex trafficking, racketeering, and forced labor conspiracy. He will spend the rest of his life behind bars. Bye-bye, Keith. Um, Catherine drives India home. She hugs her family, swims with her sisters. She calls the deprogrammer, makes an appointment. Um, Catherine's voiceover says the following. A hell has been lifted off me. Nothing less. India told me that she's proud of me and thankful for the care and diligence of the government in championing the truth through to the end. She is delighted with the verdict and she's grateful for the hard work of all those involved. She and all of her friends have come through this stronger than when they entered. In India did it. She figured it out. She's free. And the ending says, quote, India Oxenberg is currently taking time to reflect and reconnect with loved ones. She has found strength in writing about her own experience and hopes that sharing them in her forthcoming memoir will empower others. The Catherine Oxenberg Foundation is a human rights organization dedicated to preventing women from being exploited and abused. Catherine Oxenberg has helped many Nexium defectors with cold exit counseling and has provided support for other victims of sex trafficking. Wow. The end. She is incredible. Which, you know, here's the thing. From her place of privilege, she is doing so much. And that is what I admire. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, she is a hero. Like, good for her. And also, don't fuck with a mom. Right. She will kick your ass. All right. So, um, first of all, let me say, this movie sounds like it was really well handled. Like, it was. Like, as far as with the actual details, too. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it helps that the like Ka- that Catherine that she was involved. Again. Like, yeah. I mean, she's the executive producer, but um, so facts were facts. So I appreciate that. Um, so Keith Allen Rainier Rainier a bullshit. We're just going to call him Keith Rainier. I think or, I don't know. Whatever his who cares. He was born in 1960 um, in New York City to uh his dad who was an advertiser and his mom who was a ballroom dancing instructor and um interesting his dad recalls that vera quote drank more than she should have um which um keith later said that his mom was a raging alcoholic so there's like the nice way of saying it and then keith just flat out blaming his mom for all his problems i'm sorry no right um, it's still not her fault. 
sorry about it. You're still an asshole. Go fuck yourself. So he went to a Waldorf school growing up. Um, and like Blair Waldorf. Yes, exactly. She mm. owns it. Now Waldorf is <laughs> this type of like experimental education. Um, I know. In fact, do you remember our murder in Mexico case or the yes. um or the kidnapping one? I mean, um, they, they went to a Waldorf. They school. had a Waldorf school, yeah. school on their campus, like on their property. I mean, yes. Um, anyway, so one of his classmates from school recalled in an interview that she had one time like just kind of in passing shared what she deemed was compromising information about one of her sisters in front of Keith and Keith told her quote you know it's like I have this little bottle of poison I can hold over your head I just don't think your parents or your sister would be very happy if I told them and then anytime he passed her in the hallways after that he'd say little bottles little bottles to remind her. So from age, like, this was nine. From age nine, he was this monster. What a fucking asshole. Um, so he started a new school at age 12. And then um, he graduated at 17. Um, and as an adult, he reported that he read Isaac Asimov's Mind Control um book the second foundation which is weird as fuck anything asimov is weird as fuck already but that he read it at age 12 and it was one of his favorite books first of all i'm not old enough to read that book at 31 (laughs) second of all like i don't believe in censorship but parents sometimes you should check the books your kids are reading just to see if they're old enough to understand the content yes um and so he he credits that book and Scientology with its inspiration for starting Nexium. So well, well, well. Yeah. What a surprise. Um. So Barbara, the only thing that would be more surprising if he was like, well, and then I saw Lularo, and I thought I'd sprinkle a little bit of that in there. Too. Right. Um. Oh no, he worked for Amway. Of course he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where he got the MLM idea. Um. So he, uh, his long-term partner and so, and everything I read, especially I got a lot of this from the Wikipedia articles, which Mm -hmm. are really, there's, there's like his Wikipedia article. There's the article of Allison Mack and the one about Nexium. And between the three, they actually are really in depth for a Wikipedia article. So it was really easy to find it all, but, um, they all referred to Barbara Boucher as his partner. And I don't know if it means romantic partner or business partner or both in this case, cause it's him. Yeah. Probably, um, but she, uh, Barbara Boucher worked with, or was his partner, and um, she actually met his parents. Um, and his dad had said, "What we did is we told Keith about how gifted and how intelligent he was." And then Barbara Boucher, or then the dad told her, um, it was almost like a switch had went off. And suddenly overnight, he turned into like Jesus Christ. And that he thought he was superior and better than everybody. Like he was a deity. He said it wasn't, it was that, oh, he said it was that dramatic and that profound. And he said it went right to his head. Listen, I'm all about encouraging your kids. I tell my kid he's the best thing since sliced bread all the time. But... If he then, like, if he woke up one morning and was like, I'm Jesus, I, I'd be straight to the therapist with you. Like, right? Straight there. 
5150 hold like done and done right nip that shit in the bud like (laughs) now i've never been a parent clearly but i know as a teacher i never compliment kids on how smart they are or intelligent or like their natural gifts Mm -hmm. because i think it's more important to compliment people on the way they use those things and how hard they work and Mm -hmm. so i don't know that i would ever be like you're just the smartest most gifted kid i've ever met but i will say I love that you practice your talent every day and that you get better, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I just, I found that whole thing to be very odd. I tell my kid that he's the best because he is. And also I'm his mom. So I'm, I'm supposed to. Right. Like I said, I've not been a parent, so I don't have firsthand experience to know how I'm going to treat my own children. I imagine I want to be very hard on them because I'm hard on everybody. I'm hard on my kid too. It's fine. That's why I tell him he's the best. Right. I'm hard on him. Boucher also recalled a story about, um, helmet 13 that uh, Keith had relationships with quote dozens of young girls. They were calling the house all the time and his mom would listen in on conversations because millennials who are listening, I'm a millennial too, but I actually remember the like, so I guess this is the people after millennials, whatever comes next generation Xers. If you're listening, there used to be phones that plugged into the wall and multiple phones would go to Gen the same X is line. before millennials. X Y Gen Yers. Sorry. And I think they're Gen Zs now. Are we? No, Zs are the ones yeah. I'm teaching. Because we 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 skipped we um we skipped Y that they're they're the millennials. So okay. they're, they're Gen Z. Yeah, I'm the crossover between X and millennial. Um, like I'm part of the oldest set of millennials. So yes. whoever's younger mm-hmm. than me. Well, actually, I'm the oldest set of millennials, and I'm older than you. So yeah, but you're not that much older. Like we're part of the same generational gap there. I'm um, five years older than you. Yeah, but. It, oh my god I'm listen so... we're off of way off topic in any case yeah, whoever's younger than me your parents used to could pick up the other phone and listen to the things that you said mm-hmm. so that's my point um mm-hmm. and he would hear her or his mom would hear him say to every girl who called i love you you're the special one you're the um, the most important one in my life and i love you and he like he said this without fail yes Aaron, i see your <laughs> head is up <laughs> His parents, like, never thought any of this was disturbing? I guess not. Well, we can't ask his mom because she died. She died in 78. So he was was 18. So they had five years to intervene before she died. Um, Good grief. So in 1982, he graduated from some polytechnic institute with... For all of his 250 IQ or whatever you said he claimed. 240. 240, sorry. He graduated with a 2.26 GPA. I'm not saying those things are related, but if you're going to brag about how intelligent you are, maybe at least get that 3.0. Like. <laughs> um, oh my God, I'm having a West Wing flashback. Sorry, I'm going to stop watching the Okay. So during his time, he met... Karen Unterreiner, who would be in his circle for the next 40 years. So, really sorry for her. That douchebag is in his 50s? Yeah. Well, he was mm. He was born in 1960. So he's in his, almost in his 60s. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I just like, I, I, seeing pictures, I just thought he was younger. Right. I, I think of charismatic people like that as being younger. Um, so in 1984, um, he was 24 at the time and he 
began a sexual relationship with a 15-year-old girl. Nope. 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 They met in improv class. So that's how you know it was meant to be. It's still canceled. Mm -hmm. As cute as improv class is, don't hook up with someone that's 15 when you're Uh, 21. And then um, at the same time, he was also having a sexual relationship with a different 15-year-old who nope. would later come into Nexium and eventually committed to completed suicide. Oh my god. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. Um so um, God, this guy sucks. Oh, oh well, here's what's gonna like make you so happy. During oh, good. this time, he was a computer programmer for the Department of Parole or the Division of Parole. Like he had a government job. Which means he passed some kind of like screening, security check. Yep. So or security clearance, security check, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't work for the government. So in the eighties, he was also involved, like I mentioned earlier, with Amway, which was an MLM. Mm-hmm. Um, is an MLM is currently still yes. Still is um, yes. So one of the women he worked with, Heidi Hutchinson, was actually the older sister of the. F- second 15 year old i just mentioned the one who completed suicide later um her name was gina so heidi's sister gina um mentioned that he was really fascinated with scientology with amway and neurolinguistic programming and i wrote the trifecta yeah <laughs> um in 1990 he founded his own mlm called consumers byline and um in 19- that's like some billy mcfarland shit right in 1991 he was pitching that business when he met tony natalie who um was married at the time but she joined consumers byline became one of his top sellers and then subsequently moved to um moved to clifton park to be near him brought her son with her and divorced her husband and then she became cool. one of his longtime partners uh, cool, for cool, cool, for cool, eight years, cool, they cool, had a relationship. Cool. cool. Um, she also said that he was such a charming speaker that she had a two-hour reprogramming session with him, and then he she didn't have to smoke ever again. I don't see how those two things are related. Yeah, he reprogrammed her because he's so good at speaking. Listen, I hate him. Yep. And, um, but like, good for you for quitting smoking, but right? also I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, in 1993, so three years after he started his company, um, it was shut down. It was investigated by 20 states. New York filed a lawsuit alleging that it was a pyramid scheme. Um, because and, of what? Right. And so in wow. 96, he signed a consent order that barred him from promoting, offering, this was a quote, promoting, offering, or granting participation in a chain distribution scheme and ordering him to pay a $40,000 fine, to which I wrote, it didn't take. No. <laughs> um, in 94, he created the National Health Network, which was um, MLM for selling vitamins. Um it failed in 99, so it didn't get off the ground within five years. So he and his partner, Tony, the one who'd left her husband for him, um, mm-hmm. opened a health store. Mm-hmm. Because, probably because they had all these vitamins left over from the yeah. failed business venture. I so. just, hold on. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but 
the show about the Central Park Five just won an Emmy and like the Central Park Five are there. That's amazing. They're at the awards and oh my God, I'm like going to cry. Okay, sorry. Uh, so in 98, <gasps> <Great> move. <laughs> in 98, Tony Natalie met Nancy Salzman, who was a nurse and a trained practi- practitioner of hypnotism and neurolinguistic programming, which is, you know, one of those three things he was really into. Right. Um, and so Tony, his girlfriend at the time or his partner at the time um, said, quote, or this was a, like her giving an interview um, and she recalled, quote, Nancy said, you're so wonderful. How can I help you? So I said, well, you can help me with my boyfriend. He has grandiose ideas and his hours are becoming erratic again. She listened and said, quote, oh, that's easy. I can help you. He's a sociopath. They met and four days later, she came out with glazed eyes and gave me the you don't know who he is. And I was like, wow, there goes another one. So she went in to hypnotize and reprogram this guy and came out completely taken with him. He's not that attractive. I'm sorry. I don't get it. Um, so in 1998, uh, Keith met Christine Marie Melanakos, who um, was Mrs. Michigan 1995. Mm. She recalled that he explained how there was... I need you to really not vomit on this because I almost did. So just heads up, everyone listening, vomit alert. Keith, quote, explained how there was a profound event that would often happen to the women who became intimate with him. Sometimes they would even see a blue light. Ultimately, I agreed to be intimate with Keith, and it was just as he said. I even saw a blue light. But I don't think I told him so. I remember thinking, wow, my brain is really susceptible to the power of suggestion. So (laughs) at the end, she's like, and then I realized I was just being talked to. (laughs) Wow. But he fucks so good you see a blue light, Aaron. Doesn't that make you more into him now? No. How would you ever want to see a blue light? I can't see a blue light. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go to the light, Aaron. (laughs) My God. God. Don't come to the light, Aaron. Am I right? <laughs> come. But I'm... Wow. Um, so together. That was some low hanging fruit. Listen, but I... I do what I can. <laughs> together, Keith and Nancy Salzman, the nurse who was supposed to hypnotize him, founded mm-hmm. Executive Success Programs, ESP, to which I wrote, what the fuck? You know, he's a sociopath. Stop it. <laughs> But she's been, now she's been reprogrammed so she doesn't think he's a sociopath anymore, probably. Right. That's how that works. I don't know. I don't know either. So um, it was supposed to be a personal development company that offered a range of self-improvement techniques. Um, A few years later, they rebranded it under the name Nexium, which for any of you who have seen the print and can't figure out what it is, that's N-X-I-V-M. (laughs) I-V-M. Which is just dumb. Like, I don't have a reason. I tried to find it. He adopted, he adapted the title Vanguard for himself from his favorite video game. Oh, fucking. (laughs) And he got his teachings between Scientology and the teachings of Ayn Rand, who's one of his favorite authors. And I was like, that should have been the biggest red flag for everybody. I cannot be in the same room as somebody who thinks Ayn Rand is their favorite author. She writes books worth reading. They're not my cup of tea, 
but she's not my favorite author by any means. No. Um, I don't think. She... So, uh, let's see. That was. I need another vacation. Yep. So, in the course of this, uh, in '99, um, Keith and his Keith ended his relationship with Tony Natalie, and so she actually filed several lawsuits against him. Um, claiming to be, and probably rightfully was, not just claiming to be, but was the victim of harassment, abuse, and rape. Um, I'll buy that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 100%. So, um, in in 2002, Keith, (laughs) sorry, my notes made me laugh. I'll tell you when I get there. Uh, Keith and Nancy Salzman succeeded in recruiting members of the Bronfman family, heirs to Seagram's. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Bronfman initially became involved, and then her sister Claire came after that. And their father, Edgar Bronfman Sr., took a Nexium course the following year. And they were trying to get him to be involved, but he was never completely bought in. Um, mm-hmm. My note was please change your name if you're going to get into a cult that I'm going to cover so that I don't fuck it up. Because that's a really hard name to say. Look, they were they were running the cult, so I don't care if we fuck up their names. Right. Um, but mostly, I'm embarrassed. So, I'm sure I've explained this, but I went to speech for many years to get rid of mm-hmm. my R impediment. Mm-hmm. And that word really messes with that. So You can call them whatever you want, honey. Bonfum. I don't care. Um, so, then in 2002... So, this is when, in 2002... Gina reappears. She was the 15-year-old that he'd had the relationship with. Um, she reappears in his life and starts participating in Nexium events. Um, oh, good. But in October, uh, on in October of 2002, um, so just three months later, she was found dead of a gunshot wound to the head, and it was ruled as a suicide. But I'm not entirely convinced. Well, you know you're on the conspiracy wagon lately. So. I know. I know, but also something that comes up later in my notes that uh, was said in his trial makes me question. So I'll get there later. Interesting. There was also Kristen Marie Snyder, who was a 35-year-old environmental consultant. In Mm -hmm. 2002, she paid $7,000 to enroll in a 16-day personal development course in Anchorage, Alaska. Listen, if you have all this extra money lying around... Send it to us. Or donate to any of the wonderful charities that are helping. Like send or send it, it to us. Send it to end the backlog. But seriously, I'm not going to pretend to like make you a better person because I probably won't. But it would be money better spent. Right. Exactly. You, like, you might as well just take a bunch of cash and just throw it out the window. Right. Um, and even that would be better because then you will end up in a cult. So the following oh January, Snyder visit traveled to visit Keith and the other leaders in New York. Um, her mother recalled that in a recent conversation, she admitted that she had come to believe that she was responsible for the Columbia space shuttle disaster. What? Y- yeah. Um, I... I 
in fact, was talking about this this weekend before I read these notes. Um, I can remember where I was when the space shuttle blew up because the part, like the first piece of debris landed in Nacogdoches and I was uh-huh. in Nacogdoches for uh, the East Texas Honor Orchestra and they wouldn't let me you leave. You at SMU? At NSU. I mean, at SFA. Okay. I mean, at SFA. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. I meant SFA. SMU's in Dallas. I knew what you SM- meant. But yeah. yeah, at Sorry. SFA. Um, in fact, um, like we weren't allowed to leave our hotel because the debris fell in the parking lot of the hotel. Right. And I was like, I, but guys, I have a rehearsal. This is real important. I remember when that happened. I, I was in, um, I, I still, it was right before I moved back to San Antonio from San Angelo and we were eating lunch at a, like watched it all happen on TV as we were eating lunch and it was mm-hmm. totally bonkers. Yeah. yeah. So sh- they had somehow convinced her that she was responsible for that. And like horribly devastating. I don't mean bonkers. Like it was just, it was, it's weird. Like what, the, what, what you think back, what you uh-huh. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but she also thought, which good news, she thought Keith was incredible. So, yeah. So she thought she was responsible and Keith yep. saved her. For, like, I don't understand the correlation again. Um, so she went to this. Oh, so after that, she went back to Anchorage and this time um, accompanied by her partner, Heidi Clifford. They took a 16 day session. Sure. Um, on the 10th day of the course. Snyder started making suicidal threats. And, cool. And um, so Heidi says, I was told by a Nexium instructor not to bring her to the hospital. That makes me feel really bad. Because on February 6, 2003, she was last seen leaving a Nexium seminar. Two days later, the police recovered a note that reads as follows. No. I attended a course called Executive Success Programs based out of Anchorage, Alaska and Albany, New York. I was brainwashed and my emotional center of the brain was killed slash turned off. I still have feeling in my external skin, but my internal organs are rotting. I am sorry, life. I didn't know I was already dead. May we persist into the future. And then a separate page added, no need to search for my body. I'm going to overrule that and say that we need to search for the body. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Um, a witness at Keith's trial testified that after Kristen Snyder disappeared, he paid $24,000 to obtain the password to her email account. Yeah, I have no words. Like, I have no words for that. Oh my God. These people are insane. Additionally, in 2003... Forbes, I love Forbes. Oh so God! Much. They showed the Forbes cover that he was on. Okay, so they had told him they were doing a profile about him, and uh-huh. then it was an expose. So excellent. He, he like played. No, he into- had the Forbes like on his desk, like he was proud of it. Uh-huh. So good for him. Yeah. So the cover is him like cloaked in shadows and looking mm-hmm. mysterious. Um, and the uh the title said the world's strangest executive coach. Um. And then it, it it was entitled, like the actual article was entitled Cult of Personality. Um, and mm-hmm. it was described as a goldmine of previously unpublished information. The cover story actually discussed like why he called himself the Vanguard and um, detailed his failed business consumers byline. Um, 
And then it included a quote from the billionaire Edgar Bronfman, who accused the um, organization of being a cult. Um, And so he gave this statement to Forbes um, and his daughters would not leave. But so he tried to come in as part, you know, like, because they were so into it. And then Mm -hmm. he was like, no, dude, bruh. This is well, a, it's like a India Oxenberg too. Right. This is a hard no mm-hmm. from me. Yeah. Um, so Vanity Fair subsequently reported on the cover story's impact within the group. And you know my love for Vanity Fair. We've talked about I this I love already. Vanity Fair. Oh my gosh. Uh, so the people at Nexium, this is a quote from their publication. People at Nexium were stunned, expecting a positive story. The top ranks had spoken to Forbes, including Keith Salzman and Sarah Bronfman. What upset them above all were Edgar Bronfman's remarks. Um, According to Vanity Fair, the Forbes article was a turning point in his relationship with, uh, like in Keith's relationship with Daddy Bronfman. Mm. And he said uh, that, oh, that says one woman was when Edgar Bronfman became Nexium's enemy. A witness at Keith's trial later testified that his computer, that Bronfman's computer, was compromised and his emails were monitored by a group of members for years. Of course they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in 2005, he then commenced a sexual relationship with another 15-year-old named Camilla. Excellent. Um, so he's clearly got like a, a type and they're all 15. Yeah. I mean, that's the type. That's, that's not a I keep getting older. They stay the same age. Yeah. So, um, also. Only it's not as attractive as when Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey says it in the course of a movie. Right. Um, at, in 2005, Barbara Boucher, who had been that long-term associate slash partner mm-hmm. of his, had to spend $1.6 million to cover the losses of commodity trades, which Keith made in her name, um, which I had to look up today what cool. commodities trading was because I'm uncultured swine. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know a lot about that, but I do know about people doing things in your name that they shouldn't. Right. Unfortunately. Um, so commodities trading is like, it's like stock market trading, but for um, things like gold and natural gas and pearls and crap like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and from January, 2005 until 2007, Keith lost nearly $70 million in commodities trading. That makes me so angry. Well, it gets better. He then went to Claire Bronfman and said that it's because of manipulation from her dad. So her and her sister, began covering the losses and paid $150 million of their funds to get them out of trouble. Well, I don't feel bad for them. That was stupid. No. I just want to know what $150 million is like. When you're that rich, you don't know. I guess the world will never know. Yeah, well, no, you just, you just no, don't know. I, you don't, you don't think about money cause you just have it. Right. No, I know what you're saying, but you I'm don't like, think about like what $150 million is because you don't need to, because you have $150 million. Well, that's what I'm saying is like the people who don't know from our end of things who don't know what $150 million is like, mm-hmm. will never know because we're on our end of things. And the people on their end of things will never know because they're on their end. I mean, I've been on both ends, not, not $150 million worth of both ends, but I've been on both ends and it, it 
it's a weird it's a weird trade-off because there are good things about being on this side of things and there are good things there are good things about being on that side of things you know it's just it's a it's a weird i've had a weird life (laughs) Uh, well so to um counteract all of the bad press they got from the forbes article god Uh um nexium members sought the endorsement of the dalai lama they spent two million leave him out of this oh don't worry he didn't stay out good Uh, no no not good so they spent two million dollars to get him involved um, no, eight leave years, the Dalai Lama alone. Eight years later, it was revealed that Sarah Bronfman, um, oh God, she had a sexual relationship with Lama Tenzin Dondon, who was the gatekeeper to arrange an appearance with him. So she went in and found. Oh, this, I was like, she had sex with the Dalai. No, she had sex with his like right hand man, friend, yeah. who his was friend. also <laughs> on a vow of celibacy. So. Yikes. That's not going very well for him. Nope. So, needless to say, he lost his job. Yeah. Um. On May 6, 2009, he dra- the Dalai Lama himself traveled to Albany to give a talk. And during this event, he represent or he presented Keith with a white scarf to show his support. He also wrote the foreword for Keith's second book, The Sphinx and the. Th- Word that is not a real word. So, T H E L X I E P E I A, Thexopia. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sounds right to me. Um. So, in 2009, right after this book came out, that's when um, the Nexium Nine broke from Keith and his organization. Yay! And they um, they cited their concerns about unethical practices and alleged abuse of his leadership status to sexually manipulate women in the organization. Um, what a charmer! So this is when Barbara Boucher broke out of the cult finally, and she'd mm-hmm. been his partner for nine years at the time. Wow! In March of 2010, Keith learned that. Um, his inner circle member, Daniela, had committed the most heinous of all crimes. She kissed another man. <gasps> so he locked... My stars! He... What, what, whatever shall we do? What well, shall we tell the preacher? He threw a hissy fit and locked himself in a bathroom. And then... What a queen. Okay. And then decided to lock her in her bedroom... For two years. Oh no, that's canceled. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. So. In- oh my God, hold on. I told you this is what she was going to do. Oh. It's John Ham. I just I. I, I want to have sex with him so bad. Okay, sorry. Okay. In 2010, <sighs> Vanity Fair published an article. Oh, he's so pretty, and I can't even hear him talking. Um, this aquasilence brought looking. to you by Aaron's love of John Ham's crotch. I can't see his crotch. Whatever. He's wearing a velvet jacket, though. Oh, nice. Classy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So in 2009, Vanity Fair, or 2010, I mean, Vanity Fair published this article entitled The Heiresses and the Cult. And um, that is when, Keith, when um, Keith's ex-girlfriend, Tony, started really talking out about him. 
She said Uh-oh. that one of the things he did was insisted, oh, trigger warning dogs. No! He insisted that she kept the dead body of her dog in a garage freezer and look at it daily. Well, you've done it. You've ruined John Ham for me. <laughs> John Ham didn't do that. I know, but he was like adjacent, like on the screen. Um, so here's where I told you we were going to loop back around to the completed suicide issue. Mm-hmm. That same month, the New York Post reported on the existence of a video in which Keith is heard telling two of his followers, quote, I've had people killed because of my beliefs or their beliefs. Dude. Fuck up. I hope they put him and like Warren Jeffs in like the same place. Right. Um, Just like have a, have a cell block for the cult leaders. There's a lot of them in jail now. R. Kelly is fixing to join them. They can make a little club. Yep. So in, um, Around this time, I think in 2000, let's see. No, 2014. So now we're fast forwarded for four years. Okay. Kristen Keefe broke from Nexium in 2014. Um, Kristen Keefe was his, like, I guess he was her chosen one. They were technically married and had a child together named Galen. And for all intents and purposes, they told everyone that, that their child was an orphan that he so he was born in 2007 they said that he was an orphan that they had adopted together um in 2010 it was reported that keith had ordered that the child be kept away from from peers and that he's being cared for by nanny speaking five different languages i don't know why that detail was important like how many languages but it's in everything that i read so he's too great to be around the other kids well, I, okay. So, in Look, 2000- everyone thinks their kid is great. That's the whole thing of parenting. But, like, seriously? Right. In 2014, uh, like I said, Keith broke out of the group. She took her son. Um, she sent an email that said, I have full soul custody of, of Galen. Keith was experimenting on him. I had to get him away. And then she described him as dangerous. What did he do to the kid? I don't know. But Keith became one of their, um, like, lead witnesses and everything. Um, She reported that um, Keith had directed the Canadian investigative firm Canaprobe to obtain the financial information on six federal judges, a U.S. senator from New York, and a reporter, an editor, and the publisher of the Times Union, who had reported on them quite a bit. Was it Hillary Clinton? Yes. Yes, it was. But her email! Sorry, I had to do that. That um, same year, Keith, yeah. uh, Keith, Keith also alleged that Keith, that's not confusing at all. No. Um, so she alleged that he had planned to lure his critics to Mexico with an invitation to an anti-cult conference. And then once there, he'd paid off some judges to have these critics arrested and held in Mexican prisons. Sweet. You know, also, canaprobe sounds like something you use to, you send out to, like, find weed for you. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, it's the new um, scope that they use for, like, 
and you know any kind of yeah. colonoscopy or <laughs> <laughs> it's a colonoscopy with weed on the tip so yes. you get high while it happens there we go that's it anal <laughs> weed just what everyone wanted to hear about anal today weed. in our case <laughs> Um, so in 2015, Keith sued AT&T and Microsoft saying that they had, (laughs) like, I know you've got some money, Keith, but you, even Seagram's can't compete with AT&T and Microsoft money. Yeah. Bill Gates was like, oh my God, can you not? Bill Gates literally looked at him like a fly and just like thumped him, you know? (laughs) Um, so, um. They, he said that they had infringed on his patents. Now, I don't know what kind of patents he had. I didn't care to look that hard. Because the following year, the case was dismissed. Um, the trial court ruled that Keith's, quote, conduct throughout this litigation, culminating in his untruthful testimony at the hearing on the motion to dismiss, demonstrates a pattern of obfuscation and bad faith. Well, He then had to pay... $450,000 in attorney fees. Nice. Um, so then on 2017 on com, Frank Parlato was the first to report that there was a secret sorority known as the DOS and the women were known as slaves and were branded with a cauterizing pen. So I want to make it clear that these people were not branded like cattle, like big metal thing that you press on at once they were carved into yes um so oh they showed they showed that they also were known as the vow um dos stands for dominus obsequious sororium which means master over slave women or the whatever allison master over our female obedient blah 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 blah. dominant (laughs) over submissive dominant over submissive um i can't so they were branded with keith's initials um and then like i said it later came out that some of them were also branded with allison max initials because it was her idea to brand them she came up with that you know i waffle on her in being like a full-fledged participant no she versus like Versus, like, completely brainwashed. brainwashed. But she was a full-fledged participant in this. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like, coming so, away from what I what I know now. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure she so, was just a full-fledged participant. Well, and she was recruited in 2010. Um, and along with Smallville, like, with her co-star, Kristen Kruick. But mm-hmm. Kristen was not... Like, she was a loose member, but she was not actually involved. She didn't even know the other members and she got out pretty quickly. She was in it for less than three years. Um, yeah. So, um, Allison Mack, while I'm talking about her, cause she came in 2010, um, Sarah Edmondson, who was the, uh, the woman I was just talking about, she's got a, yeah. A, it's um, a memoir called Scarred. But um, yeah. she also wrote an expose in New York Times and was on an A&E special on Colts. She was, Sarah Edmondson said she was recruited personally by Allison Mack um, into mm-hmm. the DOS and that she had been branded in an initiation ceremony that was held at Mack's house under Mack's supervision. 
Um, in an interview with the New York Times, Mac took responsibility for having introduced the branding ritual to the DOS group, and that's when it came out that they were also an, uh, branded with Keith's initial, with Allison's initials in addition to Keith's, because there was a recorded conversation in which Keith admitted that people were catching on that the brand was just his initials, so they had to change it up. Oh my god. Yeah. Um... So there's a really interesting article because I know I'm going to go over on time, so I'm not going to get super into it. Okay. But um, there was a really interesting article um, about Sarah Edmondson that ran. Um, it was by Johnny Dodd. It was in the New York Times, I think, but it's by mm-hmm. an, uh, a man named Johnny Dodd. Um, and it's a short version of what she went through um, in which she describes being branded with the initials and so um and then it talks about how important it is to read her memoir and i really do think this is like an important memoir but you know i like cult survivor stories i love them um so anyway i want to read that other book you had oh yeah i think i gave that one to fran yeah we'll have to trade yeah so um in any case let's see at the trial um Oh, yeah. So this is where I talked about the quote that I just mentioned with the recording. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Keith's trial, uh, a member named Nicole. So several of these names have been changed because they were victims of sex crimes. Um, of course. Yeah. And so this woman is Nicole in quotes, recalled that she and Keith discussed her decision to leave the group. He said, you guys think you have it so bad, but this is nothing compared to other subcultures. So to be a member. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To be a member of the DOS, you had to submit your darkest secrets, like in writing, and you had to submit nude pictures. And um, this is where I'm going to talk about um, Sarah Edmondson. Um, she said um, she was required to submit graphic nude photos of herself, along with videotaped confessions of her darkest secrets that would be held as collateral to ensure loyalty. Seven weeks after she submitted that, she was flown to Albany for the ceremony with four other members. We were all told that we'd be receiving identical tattoos the size of a dime. Instead, we took turns holding each other, holding each of the other members down on a table as Nexium's resident female doctor dragged a red-hot cauterizing pin across the sensitive area just below their bikini line. The women screamed in pain as the smell of burnt flesh filled the air. Ooh, hate it. So she originally was told that this was going to be an empowered women's seminar and that it was supposed to cause pain because it was supposed to teach you how to get through pain. Um, and then, like, she was married, and so she spent a long time trying to trying to hide her brand. Yes, I've seen that. I've, I've seen her story. Um, so I've seen that story. Mm-hmm. Just such a nightmare. Um Anyway, so um, whenever Sarah's, oh, so between Frank Report and then Sarah Edmondson's article, they came out. And so that's when Keith fled to Mexico and took the remaining members of his inner, inner circle to hide in this private villa that he had, yes, flown in a private airplane to. Um, so in March of 2018, he was arrested by Mexican authorities in his luxury villa outside of Puerto Vallarta. Um, mm-hmm. Lauren Salzman, who, as you said, was Nancy's daughter, um, recalled that the arrest interfered with a planned group sex session. 
And that... Um, Rude! When police arrived, she and Keith barricaded themselves in the master suite. And then he hid... They, like, bang one more out? He he hid in the walk-in closet. Like, <laughs> they'll never find me in this three-walled room with only one door. Yeah. What a dummy. Uh, like, I'm, I was hoping they were, like, going to bang one more out before, like, he got arrested. Right. But I, I, like, also picture her, like, opening the door and being like, can you come back in, like, 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> so Keith was indicted on a variety of charges, including sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, and conspiracy to commit forced labor. Um, the indictment alleged that at least one woman was forced, was coerced into sex with uh, Keith um, and that he, of course, made the women undergo branding rituals. Um, the district attorney said that Keith, quote, created a secret society of women with whom he had sex and had branded with his initials, coercing them with the threat of releasing their highly personal information and taking their assets. Um, so the prosecution called the witnesses uh, Lauren Salzman, and then Mark Vicente, who was a, a filmmaker for Nexium, and then three of the victims, Sylvia, Daniela, and Nicole, as well as um, a cult educator, Rick Allen Ross. The defense rested without calling a single witness. He, that's how you know he knew he was wrong. Well, <laughs> we'll get into the defense attorney in just a minute because he made some sleazebag quotes that we're going to talk about. Ew. Yeah. Um, so on June 19th, 2019, Keith was found guilty on all charges after five hours of deliberation, which considering how big this case is, that's like they just ordered takeout and then they're like, yeah, all right, we're like, ready let's, to go. Well, let's get some Postmates. We gotta make it look like we're arguing here. Right. So someone say filibuster. That's not how it works. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to say anyway. Um, so he was found guilty of sexual exploitation of a child and possession of child pornography uh, relating to the 15-year-old Camilla. Yeah. The sex trafficking of Nicole, attempted sex trafficking of Jay, identity theft against Edgar Bronfman, James Loperfito, Ashana Kenoa, um, Mariana, and Pam Kafritz. Kafritz, listen, all these names, they sound too rich for okay. me. Trafficking for labor and services of Daniela, forced labor of Nicole, conspiracy mm-hmm. to alter records for use in an official proceeding, mm-hmm. and sex trafficking conspiracy, forced labor conspiracy, racketeering conspiracy, and wire fraud conspiracy. Because They just hit him with the whole thing. Well, mm-hmm. all the women who were arrested in connection to this took plea deals. Um, and so he refused to plead guilty to anything. So they were like, Hey, we're just going to sprinkle it in. Like, yeah. Like what, what else like can we get away? Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, Allison Mack did plead guilty to, um, racketeering and, uh, to racketeering conspiracy and racketeering. Um, and she's actually scheduled for sentencing this month. It might've already happened, but I don't think so i think it's any day now um can check okay uh she also in the meantime um married an actress who was on um battlestar galactica nikki klein 
who was also a member of Nexium, and it was called out as a sham marriage just to um, forgo immigration laws. She's not been sentenced yet. Okay, I didn't think it had happened yet, but I that was like after I'd read eight hours worth of information, I was like, I cannot look anymore at this, or else I will like have strings she's, on my wall. She's looking at twenty years. Oh yeah, fifteen to twenty easily is what I figured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I want to talk real quick about this real peach of a defense attorney who like when I first read that he hadn't done anything to like had called no witnesses. I was like, well, good because he knew he, it was a lost cause. Um, but he said, let's see, where did I write that quote down? Because it was a nightmare of a quote. It's great. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have so many notes open at one time. Um, not that one. While I'm searching, I do want to tell you this little factoid that came up. Um, did you know that Angela Lansbury's daughter had been in the Manson family cult? And Angela Lansbury went and personally got her out? No. Yes. But can you imagine, like, Angela Lansbury, like, knocking down the door of your cult and be like, oh, hell no. Like, <laughs> right? Um, okay. So here is the article about the um, defense attorney who made some despicable remark. This is what I'm trying to find the remark that he made that made me jump into like needing to research this guy more. Um, Who is this guy? His name is um, Mark uh, Agnifilo. Sure. And he said something along the lines of just because you don't like it doesn't make it a crime in regards to the branding and DOS stuff. Um, Here's the thing. That's not wrong. However, as the mom says, coercion is not consent. He then says that this is the same as BDSM and not everyone has to get it. Oh, no, it's not. Right. I'm sorry. I will die on this hill. His defense started with DOS is not a business. The DOS is a social group. And then he um, said, so it said, so this is from observer.com who are also hilarious commentators. You were talking about one uh, on our Patreon episode this week. Yeah, I was. And now I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. Um, So this saying social group instead of sex cult is how you defend somebody like former head of Nexium, a self-help company slash horrifying fuck toy slavering. And I'm like, I love this description. Um, so he described what was going on as an ethical breach. And then whenever they brought up the, um, the girl who'd been locked in the room for two years, mm-hmm. the defense was, um, well, her Crack. dad, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Her, Sorry. Def- his, 
defense was, well, her dad was also a member of Nexium, and there was an email chain where he knew what was going on. So how can Keith be all responsible? So, quote, how is this all on Keith when there's a dad? I'm going to not say anything because <laughs> oh. we'll go another hour easy. Yep. I just, like, the whole... It's... The whole thing, I like I said earlier, it's like... I've been in a power exchange relationship before. Uh-huh. Like like sexually, but that's not the same thing. He then That's tur- ridiculous and that's why people like that's why those kinds of relationships get such a bad name. That and shit like 50 shades of gray. It's abuse. He then said Sorry, that um, like he glossed over the child pornography charge basically saying well he wasn't trying to sell them it was just for his own personal pleasure that doesn't matter not not better so like no. i understand that this guy was i mean his he got like a million dollars in this case like i get it you're gonna do what you got to do for work but find find something better um but yeah, in the end, he said he was going to file for appeal because just because you think something is bad doesn't make it illegal. And I was like, oh, you and I have different different um, conversations going on right now, buddy. Yeah, doing something that you think is, quote, bad is not illegal. But doing something that's illegal. It's illegal. Is illegal. Like, <laughs> it's you. illegal to have sex with someone that's under the age of 18 if you are over the age of 18. And this has been... That's a pretty cut and dried thing that exists. This is legal advice with Aaron. It is illegal (laughs) to transfer someone over state lines for, like, uh, sex work. That's illegal. Like, I I don't don't understand. (laughs) All right. So we're approaching two hours. So let's go ahead and cut this short. Um, no, I, I want to hear the rest. That's the, I mean, that's where okay. I ended. Like okay. he got sentenced. Things are over. Um, the defense attorney sucks. What a dick. Um, the end. So I don't have a lifetime movie this week. I'm sure you don't. Cause I know that our weeks were equally busy. Um, this was my lifetime movie. This so, week. so, tell oh, but me. I do want to say, I do want to say lifetime is having three more quote unquote ripped from the headlines type of movies coming out one i'm going to save for pride month next year okay um one i'm going to want to cover like immediately it stars allison hannigan and i love her i love her so i think that's in two weeks but i'm gonna double check and then one is the college admission scandal which Which we're gonna do you're gonna do like i'm Mm -hmm. gonna watch that movie yeah. All right. And then um, you'll be the one blowing up from live tweeting. I know. Yeah, you will. I'm not as funny as you, though. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, um, so do you have any good news this week? Tell me one good thing that happened this week since this case sucked. Um, oh, we met some people on Twitter, or I met some people on Twitter. Um, the Lifeline people. Yeah, I want to be their friends. I do too, and I don't know if they listen. I, probably not, but they're fun. They were on our Twitter, and they're cool, and so I want to be their friends. Um, also, something cool that happened this week. Um, I have no idea. It was a really long week, and I'm just trying to block everything out until I can get... I totally get it. Well, my good thing, as I told you and I mentioned in Patreon that yes! today, was I was in a, 
in a documentary about for twenty whole seconds for twenty whole seconds about We're Rocker School Week uh, or Rocker School Day, uh, a big movement for teaching. So uh, mm-hmm. that's real fun. Um, I mean, I did just see John Hamm in a leather and a uh, uh, velvet, velvet jacket. jacket. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. We both had good weeks. That is a great thing to happen this week. Mm. All right, y'all have a also sorry for my tangent when that happened. I'm, I apologize. Y'all have a lovely really sorry. day, evening, night, whenever you listen to us, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence mm-hmm. and on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. Mm-hmm. You can email us at Lifetime Sentence Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, check us out on Facebook at facebook dot com slash Lifetime Sentence. Um, what else? We have a blog with show notes and things. Sometimes. Yeah. It's updated. com, um, And join us on the Patreon. We're having a freaking blast doing Unsolved Mysteries. This week was a really cool one, I think. I think so, too. Um, at patreon.com backslash lifetime sentence. And um, as always, don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.